You are listening to the Wildlife Photography Podcast with Rob Reed and Josh Galicki, bringing together the love of nature and photography. Episode 11. We discuss social media and photography. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wildlife Photography Podcast with me, Rob Reed, and my co-host, Josh Galicki. Hi, Josh. How's it going? Hey, good, Rob. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good. <laughs> I'm really Before good. we talk about social media, I want to hear a little bit about Shetland. I know you just got back. So. Oh, God, yeah, I got back at the weekend. <laughs> oh, is it Thursday today? I, I lose track of the days. It's, I've just come back so excited about it. It was just, so yeah, so we got back on Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. And uh, we had a week there. And we had the most amazing weather. And it, oh, it was just the most amazing experience. And I know you're going in about a week's time. Yeah, next Friday. So I so, cannot um, wait. Yeah, so we've been off air. We've been having a right chat about, you know, <laughs> all the stuff I took and, you know, giving you some advice when you get there and this, that and the other. But you're, you and Kurum, because I know you're going with Kurum Khan. That's right. You and Kurum are going to have an absolute ball over there. Yeah, you know, I just birds are so much fun to shoot and talk about the an environment up there. I mean, you know, just just the landscape itself. Um, yeah, it's going to be amazing. It's it's an amazing place. And if people listening to this haven't been there, it's, it should be on your bucket list and do it in June, early July. And on, honestly, you've got so much light being quite far north. Uh, and if you get good weather like, you know, I had last week, honestly. It's just, you'll never regret it. And the opportunities photographically are just limitless, mm. literally limitless. And I, I oh, well, you can hear by, the, you know, my voice. I was just got so excited about it. And it really reignited my artistic, you know, the artistic sort of side of my photography. Um, because I had a, I, I also splashed out on the Z9 before I went, so I, I'm now a member of the of the mirrorless community with the Z9. So yeah, I, and I tell you, <laughs> why didn't I not do this earlier? That is an well, awesome. Not a bad to time to get the Z9 right before Shetland. So <laughs> you yeah, and to do it. and just after the Z8 come out, because yeah. everybody's attention is on the Z8. So the Z9 actually has come down in price a little bit. I, I got quite a good deal on it. So that was all right. So I didn't have to pay a fortune like all the other people a year ago who, who couldn't get them because of, you know, the supply issues and this, that and the other. So I got quite a good deal. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy about that. And yeah, it's, it's a brilliant piece of kit. And I'm, I'll tell you what it is, actually, we ought to do a follow-up podcast to that one we did about mirrorless and DSLR because mm. having made the switch, there are so many things that I find an immediate advantage not least of which is that, you know, you see what your exposure is directly through the viewfinder. And yeah. I got used to that so, so quickly. No and more chimping. A, yeah. Yeah. It's an absolute game changer for me because you can, you can just look through the viewfinder and just keep shooting and you can just, you're twisting the dials as you, you, you know, you don't lift your eye from the camera and it, you, you're just changing the settings. You're seeing what's happening in real time. This is honestly, this for me, it's a game changer as an artistic, photographer because i'm looking for you know a lot of the time low key high key that sort of stuff so i'm i want to know what the effect is of my exposure immediately and, uh, yeah. and not having to take my eye away from the from the viewfinder and check the back of the screen to see if i've calculated it correctly or not is it's just it is a game changer for me one thing about the design too which i love on mirrorless i i think nikon is the same way but Canon, the Canon mirrorless, um, I've got the R5 and the R3. What I like, there's three dials on there now. So I can control aperture, shutter, and ISO, each with its own individual dial. On the, the older DSLR models, I was able to control two of the three. And ISO was, a, I'd have to hit a button. It was a two-step process to control that. When you shoot manually, you want to be able to quickly change these things on the fly. That's a huge, even a huge, and it's a simple thing, but, you know. Yeah, Z9, you've, you've, you've got to hit the button, but you can actually use a function button or something like that for it. So it's not too bad. Okay. Because I was, I was doing it there and I wasn't taking my eye away. And the good thing about what Nikon have done actually with the, with the Z9 is that they actually hide, you can actually see through the viewfinder, you can see ISO down the bottom of the screen. And when you hit the ISO button, which, or whichever function button you've assigned for ISO, it lights up. So you know you're changing it. 
which, oh, nice. which is so much better than uh, the 850 because you just kind of, you just never knew. It wasn't really giving you that information. So um, mm. unless I was doing something wrong, which I'm sure somebody will tell me if, if I was. <laughs> but now there is one thing actually that is completely different and people don't talk about is the increase in shutter speed you can get with mirrorless because you're no oh, longer yeah. restricted yeah. to one eight thousandth of a second. And honestly, that, nobody talks about it, but it's, it, yeah. it's, it can make such a difference. If you the, just the R3 go goes beyond one eight, yeah. What, what, how fast can you go? Uh, uh, well, I think it's one twenty thousandth of a second on the Z. I, I could be wrong, but okay. I think from what I, because I, I never really sort of pushed it all the way, but I think that's basically where it goes to. So, so more than double what you were yeah. able to, basically. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, so yeah, no, that's a great thing to have. Capturing action, and you've got the light. Ah, it's just and nobody talks about this. Mm. Honestly, it's it, you know I found I I didn't realize until I got the camera you could do that naively. Yeah, <laughs> You're supposed to be a photographer, You're supposed <laughs> to know about these things, but I just didn't know. And then when I got this, and I just thought, oh, hold on a second, you know, I can, I can increase. Oh, this is great. This is honestly, it's great because I I photographed. Um, squabbling birds before, even at sort of one five thousandth of a second, one eight thousandth of a second, and they're still blur. Yeah, especially the songbirds and the smaller birds. Yeah. They move swift. Swallows they move so quick. I've yeah, noticed it too on my. Um, I have a few lenses that are pretty fast. I've got an f two, f two. You know, when you're shooting with with a fast lens, you can easily get beyond that one eight thousandth of a second, and it comes in really handy. No, that's yeah. a good point. Not a yeah. lot of people talk about that, Rob. That is a big advantage for action. You're right. Yeah, it is. So anyway, I, I, it's completely revolutionized my photography and i tell you i came away from that trip well i've showed you some of them yeah uh and i've only processed a handful of things so far but i came away with some stuff that well i, I have a feeling there's a d850 for sale on ebay right now r reed <laughs> possibly but I, you know it was handy in shetland because it was handy as a second shooter Ah, uh, yeah. When I, because I had, particularly on the boat, and we were talking about that, and we were talking about lens selection for the boat. Um, it was really handy to have the twenty-four to seventy on it, uh, and not have to change, you know, keep swapping lenses all the time because it's it's just a pain and you miss stuff. Um, so I'm kind of tempted to hold on to it, but you, you're right. I'm, I, I don't know. I might sell it. <laughs> it just depends. We'll have to come to pay for the Z9. <laughs> I might have to sell it, but who knows? Anyway, so yeah, so it's been it's been a very busy time for me, um, a very inspirational time for me. I feel like um, I've I've just entered another phase. Do, do you feel like, um, and maybe this is another discussion we ought to have, but do you feel like as a photographer you you enter different zones, different levels? You know, yeah. you hit this point and then you stagnate for a bit and then you go up to the next level and i just i almost feel like that's where i am at the moment i'm just taking that next step so a lot of the stuff i know i'm just deleting because it, it, they're good pictures but they're not good enough for me and i just feel like i've i've got to that next you know that next step you know i've just just reached that that point so mm -hmm. you know it's, it's that's another interesting discussion we ought to have at some yeah. point. I agree with you. And it also too, I think I'm similar to most you, you probably are the same as well, Rob, you know, my mood affects my photography, you know, depending upon what my mood is and what I'm thinking that has such an impact on composition and what I'm trying to shoot and you know, how things are composed and how they look. So mood even can play a huge factor for photographers in terms of where they are, um, and you know what the outcome is in the year in their photography so i think that's also a huge piece of it yeah do you know i think you know where you are emotionally is a is a is mm -hmm. a very important point you know because yep. you you know if you are in a good place and i was in a very very good place last week because it was just i was so inspired by this location and this place i was with people that you know as well i said i, I spent some time with rebecca nason uh, who lives on shetland um, and when you're with people that you like and you respect as photographers and you know they they have knowledge of the place and they share that with you and they inspire you 
you know the work through their own work and through what they're showing you i just found it just it was just an awesome experience and as i said you know if it's not on your list of places to go it should be because it's it's just you know and there are plenty of people on that island that that are there that can help you i mean there's not only rebecca of course but you've got people like bryden thomason for example you know and then you've got i I know people like andy parkinson and kev morgan's you know shot there Mm. for years yeah you know and And, and the environment there compared to north america for seabirds i I just feel like it's it's much better i've shot seabirds photograph seabirds i always say shot people say oh you're a hunter am i not I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um but i photograph seabirds in quebec there's certain but there's a few puffin colonies there's one major gannet colony uh in uh in quebec and i've been to these places but access background all that stuff um i think you're at a bit of a disadvantage compared to you know some of the opportunities you have in shetland yeah i just hope i'm safe when i go up there rob there seems to be a lot of murders in shetland or at least a <laughs> you watch too much tv (laughs) (laughs) not a bit of it i tell you it's one of the safest places you can go to they don't even lock their houses and all their cars see that's how it happens that's how you know you know these these things yeah (laughs) so yeah that's that's how all these criminals get away with it (laughs) (laughs) no so it's a it's a very safe place and very hospitable people too I, yeah, I can't wait to meet, meet Rebecca. You know, of course, I've known her for a few years now, and it'd be great to yeah. meet her in person. And, you know, yeah, she's so. um, she's 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 lovely, and um, yeah, you'll 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 have a good time. You yeah. really will, you know, because her knowledge of the islands is 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 brilliant, and she's a she's very knowledgeable birder as well. You know, had years and years of uh, and, and of she's up there all year round, Rob, isn't she? Mm, is yeah, she, she lives there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, her garden list is pretty impressive, actually. I bet. I bet. <laughs> Enough of Shetland, as good as it is. <laughs> we'll do when you get back from Shetland. Uh, we're we're going to we're, we're planning a podcast to just talk about the islands and our experiences, and we'll get Rebecca on, um, and we'll, we'll we'll have a chat, um, you know, about uh, you know about the place and about the birds and everything in a bit more detail. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll save we'll save everything for then. I think, but uh, yeah. Sounds good. So anyway, what we thought we'd talk about today, finally getting around to it after 10 minutes of rabbiting on <laughs> as we do, um, is social media and the role it plays in photography. And I said to said to Josh before we came on, I haven't really thought about this at all. Because <laughs> we're kind of shoehorning this in, uh, in between me getting back from Shetland and Josh leaving and all the other things that we need to do. So we've got literally uh, you know, like 40 minutes to record this. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we're just shoehorning it in really quickly. So we're just going to go with the flow and just just start a, dis- start a discussion, see what, uh, see what comes out of it. But I think this was, this was an idea that came up from uh, one of our regular listeners who messaged both of us actually on, on Instagram and said, oh, you know, how about a discussion on social media? And I'm going to apologize. I forget who it was now. I should have researched this before I came on. So I'm really sorry. <laughs> but whoever, whoever it was, I'm really grateful because actually <laughs> the people, people telling us what they want to you know, hear about and hear us talk about is, is really good. You know, it's great yeah. for us to come up with different themes that we can, we can talk about. So, you know, if there's anything, anything sort of burning away that you want to, you know, you want us to talk about, then, then, you know, do send us an email um, or well, shoot us a message on social media. You know, you will see the links in the, in the, in the show notes. But uh, so it's, it, I think the, the, the gist of it was um, it was almost a, a, it came from a point of frustration, I think, about how to grow a social media following from a sort of photographic point of view, from a wildlife photographic point of view, Um, you know, on platforms like Instagram and Facebook, because it's certainly not as easy as it used to be. I mean, I think, you know, you certainly found that. I mean, you know, you've got a much, much. you've got a much larger following than I have personally, for example, but I know that, you know, you grew that a while ago. Yeah. I've been stagnant. And like, I think if you talk to a lot of photographers and I think we're probably both on the same page on this, Rob, but most people have a love hate relationship with social media as it relates to photography. I I certainly do. Um, Instagram 
has become the main place to market your images, meet other photographers, view, you know, view others' works. Uh, so, I, you know, I, my main focal point has been Instagram for the past, I don't know, maybe five or six years, if you will. Facebook has kind of died down for me. I really don't post too much on Facebook. But I think that the trouble with social media now, um, it used to be more about just the photographies and, and you know, whatever uh, pictures or images you were putting up. It's uh, and Instagram has always been, from my standpoint, it would always come after something and mimic what was done before. You had the stories on Instagram, which are great, and I and I like stories, uh, but that kind of came from Snapchat, which was another social media platform. I think Instagram jumped on that, and now you've gone from you know stories and putting your pictures on, you've gone to really a competitor of TikTok, right? With reels, and it's all about content creation. It's about marketing your personality more than it is the photography content and because of that and i i don't know what the ins and the outs of the algorithms are but i know years ago i would post an image i'd have the you know certain tag hashtags on there um and you know you could pick up maybe 100 sometimes 200 followers a day now it's one or two here and there if you're not doing reels if you're not using certain songs that are popular um you know against your reel so, or, or with your reel. So um, it, it's changed a lot. It's now video focused and it's more focused on the photographer as a person and a personality and what they do from an exploit standpoint than it is about the actual work. Now, I mean, you still have the opportunity, however, to you know follow fellow photographers that you admire or find new work and it will come up in your feed. So um, it, it's still great for that, but it's, it, it's changed a lot. And that's kind of why I have a bit of a love hate relationship with it. I've never gotten to a point like some people have where they just take a complete diet from social media or break. And uh, a friend of mine just came back on the platform and I think he was gone for like a year and a half, two years and people just want to pull away and then they'll, then they'll come back in. I've never gotten to that point. I could see how they, they get frustrated to a certain extent. And there's, there's other things too we can talk about like pressures and on people. I mean, they see only what people want you to see, right? So there's a lot of, uh, and this goes to the influencers and, and so forth in terms of no matter where they are, it's incredible. I'm having a great time. I'm here in this country and oh my God, all the wildlife's right here. Life is amazing. And, and that's great. And that's what most people do. But you know, I think a lot of people who, you know, don't know what's going on behind the scenes, they're sensitive to that. They see that and they're like, wow, you know, that's great. And, you know, I had a really shitty day and, and I didn't take any good photographs and this is frustrating, right? So there's the compare. There's a lot of things that are going on right now with social media. Um, so I think for all those reasons, I think most people have a love-hate relationship with it if they're photographers, I think, right now. Yeah. Do you, do you, think, do you think social media is sort of more about selling a dream these days? I think so. Reality. And I, 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 I totally agree. I think it's, it's about really selling yourself and your personality and these tools are designed, you know, you, you're supposed to, it's like that doom scroll, you know, these dopamine hits and people get addicted to it. You know, they're going through it and going through it. Sometimes even, you know, I'll go through uh, reels and I'll just keep watching these things. Thinking, I just wasted like how many, I just wasted an it's, hour it's, of my it's life. Kind of, it's, that. It's, it's worryingly addictive. It, it is, it yeah. is. And, 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 you know, intentionally so, but I think if it's used the right way, it's still a good tool to find other photographers. In my opinion, it's the best tool right now to market your work, to show your work. You get this, you'll still get yeah. the biggest audience in there. Uh, you know, some of these, uh, I've been on smug mug for years. I used it for my website. And of course, most serious photographers, they have their own website and the like, but, um, that's not, typically how people are discovered people just can't google your name and they're not they don't even know your name to find you right on the internet so the first place they can find you is through social media and, and typically uh, there's been a few competitors that have popped up uh recently some people have tried a couple of different platforms but i don't think i don't think a serious competitor to instagram is really caught up uh, no, I mean, there's Vero, isn't there? But I, I kind of signed up it. for that and then bother with it. And I just, yeah. I think almost that's kind of where most people are with it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it, but there's some advantages there. I, I, I did sign up and I didn't really follow through with it. So I, I can't speak too much to it. But of what I've heard secondhand, there, there's some things people like, but, um, 
Instagram is still where it's at, like it or not. I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, because I, I, I liked Instagram when it sort of came out or when it was in its infancy because it was purely focused on imagery rather than wanting to be a competitor to these other platforms, as you say. And part of me almost thinks they're missing a they're missing a trick here by wanting to be a jack of all trades and not concentrating on one single thing, which they were really good at. And if you're like me and people might find this a bit strange for me to say this, but I I think I've mentioned this before, but I'm, you know, I'm not a very outgoing person, despite what you might see, you know, through some of the stuff we've done from the competition and some of the live broadcasts and whatever that, that, that I've done, you know, this, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm a very private person. And I, I don't, I don't take to doing that sort of thing very easily. So all that sort of the real stuff and the story stuff, I, I really don't find it very easy. Mm. If I'm going to make a YouTube video, for example, and I, I find that easier because it's not just thirty seconds of me talking shit somewhere or other. Yeah. You know, it's it's. I am it's a me. photographer, and I took this image, and you. And yeah, this is a work art. of art. Yeah, all that, all that, all that. <laughs> crap um you know with a youtube video you've got more time and you can you can genuinely share an experience or share some knowledge with somebody and i think that there's a there's a big difference with youtube which is i think my probably my my favorite platform because you can just be a bit more expressive on that yeah and and be a bit more helpful and from my point of view with longer clips right it's you're not limited to yeah yeah my, my point of view i'm not I'm not very narcissistic in the way that I, you know, I want, I want to help people. I'm not necessarily bothered about what people think about. I don't need hundreds of likes for my work. Basically is what I'm yeah. trying to say. You know, I, I take pictures for myself. Um, and I don't, although it's nice to have, um, it's nice for people to appreciate what you've taken, uh, and for other people to like it. It's not essential for me. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, perhaps that's the reason I like YouTube. I'm a bit more of an I'm a bit more of an educator than I am um, someone who wants to perhaps grow a, a following for my own work necessarily. I want people to to through what I do to explore their own craft. I want them yeah. to explore their own photography, and that's that's my. I, I guess that's that's you know my direction with everything. That's that's what I'm trying to achieve. Not necessarily. Here's a picture. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, I've got 300 likes on it. Oh, good. I can go to bed and sleep soundly because everybody yeah. likes my work. It's, that's that's not what it's about for me. It's about if people appreciate it and I can. As we were talking about, touched on a little bit earlier, taking things to the next level and taking somebody else to to a level that I've been at before mm-hmm. with their own that to me is 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 more valuable than you know a thousand likes but i I totally agree it's tougher though with youtube i'll be honest rob because people have such especially nowadays people have such short attention spans and youtube is not designed for people with a short attention span a tiktok or a quick video that's 15 seconds i think it's that that sweet spot to get somebody's attention make them laugh or whatever and like and so forth uh, with YouTube, it's always a challenge. And that's why I find too, what people, what a lot of people do on YouTube, uh, they use, I call it clickbait, but they'll come up with, you know, a, a spicy ad. Canon finished. Nikon strikes back. It's over for Sony, you know, or something like that, right? Yeah. So Jared, whoever his name is with the. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it's like, oh my God, what happened? You know, you click this and then it's, you know, so I think there's a lot of hyperbole that's used in describing the videos to get people in because everybody knows that most people have a short attention span. And if you want to stand out amongst the crowd, and this is true, I think my own personal opinion, this is true in news. This is true in any entertainment. Now you have to be as outrageous as possible to get people's attention. Um, it's not what it used to be, which is, I think, unfortunate. But uh, that's those are the rules in social media too. Whether it's, yeah, because I mean, even yeah. even YouTube are doing shorts now. Have you noticed this? They're doing yeah. like little short clips to, I think, to fill this space. Absolutely, yeah. yeah because and they, they know they're missing a trick there in that direction. Yeah, um, yeah. And I I just find them a bit annoying to be honest. Because if yeah. I go on YouTube, 
I want to find out about something or I want somebody's opinion on something or I want to know about something that I don't know about. I mean, I, I, I've found out all sorts of stuff on YouTube from, you know, how to fix the toilet to, you know, <laughs> whatever. I mean, you know, seriously, everything right. is, you want to know is on YouTube. It's great. Yeah. So from an educational point of view, and, and actually I find a lot of this content on there quite entertaining as well. Mm. No, you you're right. Sorts of things. There's, it, it, there's an incredible amount of information on there. And you're right. You can really go a lot deeper on YouTube. I, it, I used to be more active on, I don't think I've posted anything on Facebook for probably six or seven months. That was the, the first platform where I started really posting images outside of my website and some things and, you know, Flickr years and years ago. Oh, crikey, we are uh, going back, it, yeah. Yeah, and it's, you know, the thing with Facebook, at least, it's a bit of a challenge because when you post something on your profile, only your friends can see it. So the idea is friend as many people as you can, other photographers, and, the, and then there's these groups that are set up where you can post in the groups. But I don't know, it's uh, the level of engagement in Facebook recently is not it's really not to my satisfaction and then you still get the wacky family members posting all political stuff and all this the fight you know it's just like i just want to look at photography like i can yeah. care less about some yeah, of exactly if you if you can hear stuff in the background it's my dog so it's it's bedtime here and of course she's getting very excited <laughs> yeah, and getting late, isn't it? Yeah. yeah and and i think jennifer's throwing toys around so if you can hear some <laughs> scrabbling along across my wooden floor then that's what it is <laughs> you, you know it's it's funny too and i'm i'm thinking about you know one thing about facebook that i do like in comparison to instagram is that you at least get a fuller you get a bigger image you know you can view facebook on you know your desktop your laptop and you know the images come in a larger format versus instagram where you know most there's some i think knockoff desktop apps and stuff like that but most people view it all on their phone and it's small yeah. and the stuff that's really going to catch people's eye um, from a photography standpoint is something that's very tight you're not a loose composition where you have an animal in the front you know with the environment and there's you're not going to get a lot of you're not going to get a lot of no, you're not going to really it. appreciate it are you either you're not going to appreciate that image on such a small device but the fact of the matter is that most people browse social media and the internet now on either their phones or their tablets and that yeah. that's a fact you know there's no getting away from that now yeah um, so you know the, these platforms are designed to meet that need and and Instagram is a, you know, is a, is a classic example of that. Uh, and it is something that frustrates me because you can't necessarily, well, here's the thing, you know, if I have got a, um, a, a an image, which is I've cropped the hell out of, you know, and, 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 I, and, and you think I've got really close to something and I've got this detail or whatever, I can get away with it on Instagram. It's I mean, very I, forgiving, don't do, isn't it? <laughs> I don't, I don't personally do that because I think it's a bit misleading, but, you know, I know that I've seen images. I'm going, well, that's, you know, somebody's cropped the hell out of that. You know, I know it for a fact. Yeah. Um, so it's not, you know, if you want to print that A4, A3 or whatever, and, and you're not going to be able to do it because it's, you know, it's not got the resolution. So you can, uh, Instagram hides a lot and you can also get away with lesser quality images. So if something isn't quite in focus, you haven't quite nailed it, you can get away with it on Instagram. Totally. It's a small size that you're viewing where yeah. you can't get away with that if you're looking at it on a larger screen because it yeah. you know the frailties come out so it hides a lot of frailties mm -hmm. no you're absolutely right it's um and you know for all the negatives that i was just talking about and we were talking with social media when it comes to the peer pressure or the competition the fake lifestyle sometimes you know what's portrayed the doom scroll, the video, you know, there, there's a lot of things you can talk about today that I think are more on, on the negative side. If you're a serious photographer and you just want to use social media to market and show people your actual photography work. But on the flip side, it is really an amazing thing too. Um, you know, I just posted something not that long ago and I copied, um, Hanamiel paper, you know, and the people from Hanamiel message me, you know, Canon USA, I'll get feedback. Um, I have an electric motor on my boat, uh, they met, you know, I'll tag them. Hey, Josh, thank you for, you know, so it's so easy to be recognized and reach out. I mean, it's kind of amazing. And now you have people, 
you know, they've become famous and they've gotten their names out there and they get brand sponsorships. It's all through social media. So these things just weren't there years ago. It would be impossible for most people to do this years ago. Right. So, yeah. you know, it, it, there are some really, really good things about it. And, uh, I think there's probably it's more positive than negative for me because if I'm not posting on social media and I'm just posting on my website, well, how am I getting more people to see my work? Yeah. You're really not. Exactly. So it's it's almost <laughs> so, like so. This is a, this is a professional it's supposed to be a professional podcast, and I've got a dog who's absolutely going nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's making me laugh. She's she's me. getting the toy. I could see oh, she's yeah. she's. He's running up and down. Sorry. <laughs> so if that is coming across in the recording, apologies, people. But, you know, it's um, it's one of the it's one of the things from doing this thing from home. But anyway, there you go. <laughs> Life goes on. <laughs> so why don't we let's focus on some positives from social media then? Because I think we we sort of dwelled on a few of the the negative things, which you know I, I have some frustrations with. I have to say, but if what would be your advice to somebody who, because <clears throat> I think this is where this sort of this this subject came from, was the frustration about growing a following with work. How what what are your sort of top tips for somebody? Just sort of let's say they're they're starting from ground zero with their account, mm. um, and they're wanting to gain some traction. How would you best advise that they go about that? Well, I think if it depends on your intention, I think if you're a photographer and you're entering into social media, in, let's use Instagram as that's kind of the main platform. I think it's but, a sort of work rec recognition point of view. So from a recognition point of view, I think if it's all about photography, I think the best thing you can do is try to find photographers that inspire you, follow them. You know, it's easy to, you know zigzag from one photographer to another and you'll and, th and that's what i do too i i've met and uh followed a lot of uh, new photographers photographers i didn't know and i that i respect now i i've seen their work through Instagram. so you're using so, it as a sort of uh, networking platform yeah effectively, and, rather than a yeah just yeah just, and and follow who you admire follow the photography that you want um you know and you know create a network of photographers that inspire you and hopefully you'll inspire them and you're not going to get a huge following that way. I mean, I, I've got, you know, I guess a, I have a decent amount of followers. It's nothing too crazy. But most of my followers came in years ago when it was a photography focused and the algorithms were set up to support posting photographs and hashtags and so forth. And some of these hubs that were around years ago, you tag a hub, they would share your photo and a hub would have 50, 60, 100,000 followers. And then you'd get, you know, so there were different ways of doing it. You can't do that now. So you're not going to get, you know, you know, tons and tons of followers, but you want to get people who are interested in your work, not just to follow, to be a follower, a number. If you want to go the other way and you're really interested in maximizing the amount of people that follow you, you have to do reels. You have to sell your personality. You need to use the right songs or certain songs that trend that you want to use attached to your reel. Um, and it really needs to be more about you as a person and talking about what you do in the field or maybe making, you know, advertisements for certain brand gears, uh, certain gears and uh, certain brands for gear, I should say. If you go down that route, um, somebody I know, they've, you know, had 15, 16,000 followers, I think, for a number of years. And they posted a reel that went viral uh, and there was a song attached to it. And they went from 15, 16,000, I think, to over 100,000 followers in like no time. But again, it was because it was a particular reel that went viral. So um, it depends on what your intentions are. I think uh, you can either go it's down. Kind, it's kind of like mining, isn't it? You, you know, you're digging away, digging away, digging away. And then all of a sudden you hit this seam, this rich seam, and then poof, yeah. away yeah. you go. Because, you know, who? how do you make... Uh, something you know a viral reel for example there's no secret source to that it's just mm -mm. in the right thing at the right time yeah yeah i i have about twenty thousand followers on instagram and i get serious engagement in terms of you know interactions and you know comments and so forth probably from i don't know a couple hundred maybe 500 to a thousand you know so not so there's other people there that are following and maybe oh. they see my work maybe they don't just depends on what shows up in their feed but if they do there's a lot less interaction than certain others so and, and here's um, the thing i mean you know you how many of your followers you you might have a lot of followers not you particularly but 
one in general might have a lot of followers, but it's no good having followers that aren't, uh, you know, aren't looking at your work and aren't quality followers. If you, you like, you know, they're not interacting with you because what's the point of that? It's like having people on a mailing list that never buy anything. If you're, you know, if you're selling services or whatever, whatever you're selling, you can have a hundred thousand people on your mailing list. That's right. But you know, if only, you know, one or two people actually interact and, and, and buy something, you might as well just have one or two people on your mailing list. It's the same with followers, isn't it? It's, it's all about right. quality as well. You're right. And the interaction is interesting too, because, you know, you'll post a photo and someone will say, you know, 100 or amazing, gorgeous, beautiful, knock, you know, whatever. It's a one word comment. Yes, it's an interaction. And they, your photo was impressive enough for someone to actually take the time to write that. And that takes time. Maybe it's two seconds, a second. I, I don't know. But they're still taking time out of their day to say, hey, that's a good photo. But the interactions that I prefer are more substantive where somebody would say, Hey, you know, Josh, I really like this image because it does this, yeah. or I've noticed this about your image. And sometimes when I comment on images, I'll try to do, I'll try to go just a, another level deeper instead of just saying brilliant, I'll say brilliant because, you know, or you, you give a, you know, you give a little bit more, not to be constructive, but to give just to let them There's know. There's some that, reasoning behind your, yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it goes a lot further. Yeah. And I, th I think, Maybe that's, you know, that's kind of good advice for people that are trying to grow an account as well. Because if you're trying to interact with people, if you're just, you know, giving them a thumbs up saying, you know, great shot or whatever. Yeah. And and you've got a photographer whose work is quite popular. You're going to find that that photographer has a lot of comments. And unless you've got unlimited time, which none of us have, you're just going to filter out the comments that you know, go a little deeper, as you say. So if you if you're actually saying something a bit more constructive about that image and giving a bit more information about why you like that image or why you like their work, then you're probably more likely to get a response. You know, because I mean, the thing is that with Instagram, I get people that will comment on things and give one word comments or whatever, and then they'll follow me. And mm -hmm. I know why they're doing it. They're doing it because they want me to follow them back. And, and from that point of view, it's literally just a, I'm going to like your, like your Instagram account. I'm going to like your work and you'll follow me back. And as soon as you do that, I'll unlike you, you know, yep. because with Instagram, unlike things like Twitter, for example, it's really difficult to find those people that actually follow you back unless you scroll through your whole followers feed. And you're not going to do that if you've got thousands and thousands, you know, that, yep. that's the thing. I mean, I remember with, you know, going, you know, going off the subject of Instagram for, for a short period. And let's talk, talking about Twitter, which I really have a love hate relationship with. Um, it's in the news a lot recently, <laughs> particularly since somebody bought it. <laughs> anyway, let's not go there. Um, I remember when Bird Photographer of the Year first started. Uh, so we're talking eight years ago. Mm. eight nine years ago now uh i grew i got to a thousand followers on twitter like overnight just instantly and i remember the guy who ran the website said how the hell did you manage that and i said well all i did was i went onto twitter got a load of photographer accounts and just followed them and they follow you back because mm. on twitter at that point there was this sort of unwritten convention that if somebody follows you you follow them back and it was easy and mm. but they've put measures in place now to stop people doing that because they realize that that's what people were doing. And so I go on and I follow like 200 accounts and I do it in the evening. I just go, I put an hour aside and I go, right, I'll follow a couple of hundred accounts in an hour. Bop, 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 bop. And then the next morning, oh, look at that. I've got 100 new followers because half of them will follow you back. And then uh, the ones that didn't, you just unfollow. And then you just no, repeat I, the process. I've never used Twitter actually for photography. I mean, the one thing I find about Twitter, and again, this could be this could be different now but um twitter is more about from my standpoint maybe it, most people follow certain accounts that have news or something you know to offer right like so if i if i post it on twitter you know i'm going out for a walk today nobody gives a shit or i'm sorry I could, no one cares to say oh, okay whatever but you know most people will follow the new york times or a professional you know an actor or politician or news thing you know so it's, yeah i find it's a bit more of a discussion forum isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. It's a bit more of a discussion forum. And yeah. the thing is, I, what I found about Twitter is, and the, why I just found it so negative. 
Mm. Whereas Instagram is always quite positive. There's always people are, you know, people don't say, don't send you a message saying that photo shit. It's visual too. It's more visual Instagram <clears throat> yeah. than Twitter's, you know, obviously not as visual as Instagram. So if they don't like it, they won't comment, you know, yeah. but, but people will only comment if they like it or there's another motive behind it and they want you to follow them or whatever, whatever it might be. But and I don't Twitter, even like constructive feedback, Rob. Like, no. and I've had this before. I'll post an image, and somebody will say, "Hey," and sometimes it's private, or sometimes they'll, you know, say, "Hey, I really like this," but or I, you know, I'm totally fine with that. A lot of photographers are thinner skin than that. They'll be like, oh, "How dare you?" Blah blah, and then you know, you, you can see the the fights in the back and forth. <laughs> if somebody wants to take the time to say, "This is what I think," I'm not offended by it. it doesn't bother me. Now, if it's yeah. If it's intentionally nasty, then that's a different thing. But no, that's a different thing. But I mean, photography yeah. is subjective, as we all know, as yeah. we've discussed before. So, what you like is different to what I like, and we all see things differently. You know, yeah, we all see things differently. If I gave you all my pictures that I took in Shetland, you would pick different pictures, and you would you would um, process them in in different ways, mm -hmm. definitely, because it's just how you see things you just see things differently to me and what you know the shot that i would pick was different from the one that you picked from a from a sequence probably mm -hmm. i mean there are some some standout things that you go no, that, that's the one and you know which we, yeah. we'd all agree on but yeah i it, it would be very interesting actually to that's that's something we should do you know What's is that? we should we should put a thousand pictures from a shoot or something together and give them to another photographer and see what they choose and how they process them. That would be oh, really be, interesting. Yeah. And then do it well, yourself and then compare. We'll need to incorporate video for that one. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we could do that over the podcast. Yeah, but I totally wouldn't, agree. Wouldn't that be yeah. interesting? And, you know, yeah. one thing about this is also, and I found this in whatever social media platform I've been on over the years, that, well, you know, you have, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of photographers you interact with over the years, uh, or maybe less than that, but everybody has different styles, different ways of doing things, but most people are nice. You know, very rarely do you run into situations where people are intentionally confrontational or, you know, they want to fight. I mean, you see that more like on Facebook where it's a political or a battle over religion and it's more family, you know, that all that nonsense. But uh, when it comes to just photography, I think most people are kind-hearted. You know, you don't see a lot of bullying on on these social medias. I, I have seen a few instances that were pretty rare, but other than that, it's um, you know, I think the biggest challenge for people that may affect them emotionally or hurt their feelings, it's not you know a comment on an image. It's just what's being portrayed is not always obviously the accurate truth. They're seeing the what somebody wants them to see you know people I mean, all have bad days you only see the good day on most people's instagram yeah accounts, so. i mean i i do know people that have been trolled mm. on social media photographers that i know and i've got very very upset about it mm. and it, so it's not unheard of it is rare but it does yeah. happen and it depends on your personality as to how that affects you as well because if you are quite an, an emotionally based person i'm quite i'm a bit like that you know d those sorts of things do affect me not so much as they used to as mm. i've got older i've i've got used to dealing with it and, and being able to put it in the box that it deserves and and the you know the not give a stuff attitude is a bit more prevalent these days but yeah um, yeah it was it used to really affect me quite quite badly mm. and i can understand how it would and, and how it could yeah but, that makes sense <laughs> But it, 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 it is a pretty rare thing. It is yeah. a pretty rare thing. Yeah, you don't see it often. <laughs> Excuse me. And, when, and if it does happen to you, I mean, I, I, or, you know, and I would always just step back and say, well, you know, I can't remember the last time I gave a differing opinion and I, someone agreed with me and they said, you're right, Josh. I'm kind of, it just doesn't happen. It's what it is. Yeah. And you just kind of move on. But, but you're right. If you, if you personalize it or, you know, you're an emotional person, it can have an impact on you when you see certain things, yeah. especially for the first time, perhaps. Yeah, it can. So yeah. I think, you know, the, the other, I think the other sort of perspective, perspective of that uh, original sort of question or request for us to have this discussion was really, it was related to uh, wanting to get into photography or wildlife photography as a profession as well and seeing social media as a stepping stone to do that 
I, I think that, that number one, what I would say is making money out of wildlife photography is a very, very difficult thing to do these days. It's not, you know, like it was 20 years ago, um, sort of pre-digital really, um, when there weren't, there, there certainly wasn't the competition that there is out there now and the, the number of images that, that, that we see and the proliferation of it. I mean, the equipment is so much better. So the supply and demand thing, you know, comes to mind. Um, and from my point of view, if you're going to make money out of photography, which is another discussion and another podcast, perhaps, then, you know, you need to offer something else other than just the photography. And for me, it's sort of yeah. writing and it's also being involved, obviously, with 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 photography competitions. Um, <clears throat> not that it earns me a significant income because it doesn't, um, you know, and I. <laughs> If anybody wants to be a wildlife photographer, I'd say don't, as a profession, don't bother. <laughs> Go become a lawyer or an accountant or something. And, do it when um, you retire. Do it as a yeah. hobby. And yeah, exactly. There are some very successful, but it's, you know, I think you need to have a good brand. Well, this goes back to what we were saying, Rob, with social media and reels and stuff, right? If you market yourself as a personality and you're a known personality, there's a few names that we all know that we've seen on social media over the years. And uh, you could sell workshops because you're selling yourself, right? You're selling your yep. portfolio, you're selling your, your skill set and what you bring. I think this knowledge. is a, this is That's a really, this is a really good point, isn't it? Yep. It's not necessarily about the photography. Yep. It's about you as a person. And, yep. and that is the difference because I think if you have an eye for photography eventually you will get to the stage where you can produce enough work to populate an Instagram account that will be attractive to a lot of people. The way to bring them in is the personality behind the camera. And that's what it's all about these days. And if you are, you know, if you're that way inclined, then I think you're going to do well. If you don't if you shy away from that sort of thing which i find as i said earlier i find this very difficult to do because i i remember the first instagram live thing i did on my phone i was terrified of doing it i was terrified of you know stuttering or you know saying something stupid or what you know live in front of people uh, you know, it might only, probably only a dozen people. I mean, what what does it matter? It doesn't it's not going to change the world. Nobody really cares whether you know Rob makes an ass of himself on Instagram <laughs> or YouTube or whatever. No, nobody worries um, necessarily. But I, you know, as a personality, that really gets to me. You know, I really, you know, I, I really worry about that. Um, and if you're worried about what people think. Uh, I think that that's going to hold you back a little bit. You have to kind yeah. of get over that. And I've, I've had to get over that myself, but I'm still not that personality that wants to record short videos of myself and shove them on Instagram and go, look, I'm on the Shetland islands. I'm on this boat. And Oh, look, what a wonderful picture I've just taken. It's kind of leaves me a little cold. Yeah. I'm, I'm similar to you in that regard, Rob. And also I find and I think to the original question, I think when it comes to being a photographer and getting known and getting out there, so it cannot hurt. Social media is obviously a good thing. Through social media, I've done a lot of print sales. I've done a lot of, I've even gotten some brand sponsorships over the, you know, so it's good to be, it cannot hurt. So I think the answer from my standpoint is do it. But if you're out in the field, like what you were just saying, when it comes to taking images, I'm out there as a photographer to get the best image I can and be in the moment. I've been out, um, and this is a rarity. I don't shoot with this person that often, but I was out with a particular person one time and we were shooting this other photographer and they're like, oh, this is going to make a great story. We're going to do this and we'll make it. I'm like, I don't care about that. I'm here to take the image, right? You know, the image comes first. And I find that people who focus more on the event uh, and the story around it, they're not going to get the best image. You're not, it's one or the other. You're either getting good little B-roll clips and you're doing this and you're getting clips, you know, images of yourself or, you know, fading away. You can come out with something cool, but you're not going to get the best image. If you're going to get a really good image and you want to get that, it's got to be about the photo, not all this other stuff. And I find it distracting in the field. I was just doing a camera trap setup for a rough grouse on a grouse log. So I, you know, set the whole thing up. And I really enjoyed it. And I had everything set up and I was walking back to the car and I thought to myself, 
you know, I should have did a little video clip and just showed what I was doing and did a I'm like, yeah, yeah, the hell with it, you know, <laughs> because my mo my mind was on trying to get that photograph and it wasn't attuned to, oh, how well, how could I market this or whatever? Um, so anyhow, I'm, I'm, I have more of a one track mind in the field, but when it comes to that, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit similar. I mean, particularly when I'm photographing birds, if I'm out doing woodland photography or something like that, it's a bit different because you've got a little bit more time. Things don't fly or run away, you know, yeah. You, yeah. you know, you've got, you've got time to, 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 do little clips and whatever and put them together. I mean, I, I did, you know, I, I'm going to do a film for YouTube on Shetland and the stuff that, some of the stuff that I took, but I haven't filmed very much stuff in Shetland. I'm, you know, I'm just going to show pictures. I, I did a little thing to camera, you know, in the holiday cottage that we had in the, you know, in the garden, just kind of at the end of it and, uh, and just chatted about some of the experiences but I just felt, well, I, you know, I have filmed some stuff with my phone off the on the boat, that sort of some B-roll stuff. But that's what I'm going to do, just use that B-roll stuff a little bit, show some of the images and just voice it over. Because I just think that if you spend too much time trying to put these really professional, slick things together, you're right. You, you know, I'd be spending my time doing that on the boat, not photographing the birds, which is what yeah. I was there to do. So it's, yeah. yeah it's, it's, and it's if that's your priority to be, you know, come up with a, you know, a cool little video, then that should be the priority. But if your priority is the photo, don't distract yourself with trying to do all these yeah. other things around it. That's my, that would be my advice. Yeah. But if you don't do the video, you're not going to get your followers on Instagram yeah. because you're not yeah. doing your yeah. stories and your reels and whatever. So, yeah, I think yeah. I, I'm with you. I mean, that is the secret to it. And it's just how yeah. much you want it, I guess. Um, you know, and the other thing is to think about what the purpose of your following is, what you're trying to achieve. Are you trying to achieve personal recognition to satisfy your ego? Or are you trying to gain recognition for your work uh, in a professional capacity? Mm. You know, what, what is it? I think think about your aim from it. Because if it's just about getting likes, just concentrate on your work. Just post mm -hmm. the work that you like and the following will come eventually. The people who make the most money in this business and who I think the wildlife photographers who make, I think, the most from wildlife photography as a profession, those are the folks that have a set personality and they capitalize on that personality to sell workshops. You know, they're, you know, extroverts and they'll say, you know, I've got this, you know, and I'm not, I don't say this facetiously, but... They'll, they'll, hey, I just found, um, you know, nesting loons in this particular area. Come join me the next week. You know, you, you need to be outgoing and you need to market yourself as a talented photographer, somebody who can give a clear instruction, work with people. Uh, and I think if you if you focus on your personality, your knowledge, um, you can, you know, go down the workshop route. That's where most people make, I would yeah, say. Yeah, it's an advert. I mean, social media for, for, yeah, social media for that. Yeah. particular type of person is an advert. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, come and see how many people have really enjoyed this workshop. You know, look at all the pictures they've taken. Look at the pictures I'm getting. You know, do you want to get pictures like this? That's basically what you're saying. And if you do, then you pay me this amount and I'll give you the opportunity. And that's that's effectively it. Yeah. yeah so. And it's hard too. People used to put... Um, books together years ago, instructional books. Uh, the one, the, the first book that I ever read, it was called the art of bird photography. Um, when I was first getting into wildlife photography, it was by a guy named Arthur Morris. He's an American guy. He's mm. based out of Florida and they, they've called him, you know, the grandfather of bird photography. I mean, he's been shooting, I think since the seventies, but he put this book out years ago and it was really my first introduction. It was great. And I, I love that. It. it was my, it was my little Bible when I was first starting to shoot, but now it's not going to have the same traction because we're in a phase where people will rather just go on a YouTube video. You know, how do I photograph best way to photograph ducks? You go in there, boom. And then there's somebody in a, in a, in a blind or in waiters and they're talking about most people digest the information that way now, rather than buying a book. So I think, yeah, because most people are visual, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, and, sure. and, and there is the joy of social media and the, the appeal of it because people are visual. And so I don't know, where do you, where do you think, social media is going it's hard to say i'm i i, I would imagine that it's just going to continue to go down you know what i would call the TikTok route you know it's just mm -hmm. more about personality content creation and everything is becoming more and more video centric i think the future of photography is going to be video i mean you look at uh, you know 8k and a lot of video that you can have now in your 
mirrorless cameras, I think eventually it's not going to be an individual photo. I think you're just going to go out, hit the record button. Uh, you're going to video whatever the scene is and you just pull your still out. I mean, I, I think that seems to be where we're going. I well, I mean, when you, when you think about the fact that the Z9, for example, will shoot 120 frames a second <laughs> at 11 point whatever megapixels in a JPEG. Yeah. Well, I was shooting that size file with the original five Canon 5D 15 years ago, whenever it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now... 15 years on you're now shooting 120 frames all right it's not raw i i get that but you know to be honest a jpeg in most circumstances is okay it's it's nothing wrong with a jpeg um but think about where we might be in five or ten years time i think you're right you know we're, we're going to be shooting stills at a rate that is is going to be over the 60 frames a second of 4k or whatever it is anyway yeah. so yeah yeah, I mean, it'll, I think it'll just be, you know, to get the video and you have the whole thing. And then, oh, by the way, I want to take the, you know, I'm going to pull this particular still and it's going to be high quality enough. I mean, what's always prevented people from doing that in the past is, you know, the the stills you pick from these videos were just not high enough quality versus whatever that raw image was. The camera could take the full frame or the uh, the 14 bit raw, I guess. So, yeah, I think it's going to be there. And I think that's where things are going. I could be wrong. I still like to take stills. I'm just, I'm a still shooter. I'm not video centric. So I don't I think, mind, like I've got the 120, you know, the, you know, the, the slow-mo. I like doing that. No audio, yeah. you get bears fighting or some sort of action sequence. I like to take little clips sometimes, but other than that, I, I haven't really gone down. Do you know, so do you know what I like about, do you know what I like about stills though? Hmm. Is you just capture one single moment in time that you can't yeah. necessarily see with your eye. And it's less literal to me, even though it's it's open for interpretation. It can yeah. say so many things, uh, in my opinion, to, and it can mean one thing to the viewer, can mean another thing to the photographer. When you're showing somebody a video, it's less imaginative to me. It and fills in much, all the blanks, doesn't it? Because yeah, there's, it does. there's, there's it you know, it's, there's no question what happened after this, what happened yes. before it. You've seen it. You see it yeah. unfold. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the magic isn't is there as yeah. much of it as a still. Yeah. I so I don't I don't think photography is certainly not dead by any stretch of the imagination. The stills photography is gonna always gonna be here, I think, because of that. It's it's that art form that you you can't recreate with video, but what you can do is create the art from a video by creating that still. But I think you know, you you thing about stills is it gets people thinking. Yeah, you know, and and that's what I really love about it. You know, there's so many blanks that you, you know, you can allow the brain to fill in for you rather than being told. By and I think with that mindset of you know, opening it up to the viewer and not filling in all the blanks, uh, you know, I'll I'll kind of conclude my opinions on social media with my favorite form of well, media is probably the wrong term to view photography books. I'm still old fashioned. I love to buy photography books from either. Uh, photographers that I admire or compilations or competition books. Uh, and I have a whole library of them and there's nothing better than having a nice cup of tea before bed, going through and looking for inspiration. There's uh, certain books I keep going back to. I mean, it's, it's in yeah. your hand. It's, it's there. It's not small. There's descriptions, there's editorial opinions from the photographer. What it, there's nothing better than that for me, but uh, I'm, I, I just like I just like the, read, but, yeah. I, I, I like the physical thing of a book. Yeah, regardless of whether tactile it's a, too to a certain extent, yeah. right? Whether it's the type of paper and you know. Yeah. yeah, regardless of the fact whether it's got any pictures in it or not. I mean, you know, I bought some stuff when I was in Shetland. You know, some yeah, it was, um, yeah, it's just some nice sort of uh, books about nature. You know, without mm. any pictures in them at all, they were just nicely mm. written. You know, books about you know local nature in Shetland and I, I, I bought a couple of those when I was away because I just rather than download them on a Kindle or a you know or an iPad or whatever it that loses the magic for me and I, I think you're, you're absolutely right when you look through pages of a of a physical book there's there's nothing quite like it and that's yeah. the thing that social media can't replicate no matter how it, hard it tries the smell of the paper, even, you know, everything about yeah. it. It's, it's just a, it's a deeper experience. And I think when you have a print or when you're looking at something and it's in hand, that to me is the 
that's the last step. That's really, that's the final phase of an incredible photograph is when it's in print, not on, not talking on of which, if people haven't bought the wild art photographer of the year, but yes, the first year of the competition, book. they really ought to, because it's amazing. Yeah. And there's some deals on postage and whatever. Anyway, I'll put a link in the, in the sort of show notes and in the, in the description for people for that, because uh, the other thing for that is that we are helping Georgina Statler out, which I think I mentioned last time with her, uh, conservation project which is buying a wetland in her native australia for uh, well loads of loads of important species actually not least of which is the australasian bitten which is a very mm. important breeding site so there's all there's a load of information that uh, you can read about that if you want to again i'll put the link in the description but go and buy that book because that um, you know that's got some really inspiring stuff in it you know and uh, yeah it's one of the only photography books that I know of that does vertical and images that have a more square crop, true justice in print. Yeah. Yeah. I was very, when, when we came to design that, I was very conscious of that. And it was my experience with other books that I've done. Yeah. Um, when, you know, I really felt that some of the verticals weren't given uh, you know, enough space because of the dimensions of the book. So I was quite careful about, you know, choosing the right dimension to make them you know, to make the most of those, because, you know, verticals are difficult if you've got a landscape style book, you know, it's, it's very difficult to get the most out of them. But anyway, it's, an, it's another discussion. But Josh, I think we'll, should we leave it there? Because I know you've, yeah. you've, your time's a bit limited. I know we just tried to I squeeze start packing for Shetland, Rob. <laughs> yeah. You got me, you got me excited. <laughs> yeah, his, Josh was rubbing his hands. I was showing him a load of pictures. <laughs> earlier and he was rubbing his hands and uh, so I, I think i've really got his juices flowing for shetland that's for sure <laughs> i've been photographing cottontails in the yard here the past couple of days which is actually great there's a few babies in the yard they're super cute oh, nice. but uh, it'll be a nice it'll be a nice change so I can't yeah wait. honestly you'll come back with loads of stuff so make sure you have enough memory cards make sure you have enough backup drives all that stuff because you're going to need it and you're excited to be it. back in the UK. It's been a little while, so I'm really yeah. looking forward to being back. It's 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 been a couple of years since I've been over there. So yeah. So uh, and we're going to hopefully try and meet up at the airport as well as you yeah. on on your way back. So uh, yeah, that, that that'll be fun. And maybe where we were talking about potentially recording a podcast episode, weren't we, in the airport it, lounge or way, something? If I'm in one piece when you see me, because um, we will be driving over there. You said it's not bad because. We're so used to driving, obviously, on the other side of the road. You I'm drive on the wrong side of the road, you guys. You're nuts. You are. I know. I, I <laughs> T-boned a cab and Baron, you know, Baron Furness. Yeah. I T-boned a cab and put him right into a building. And uh, I just, it, it scarred me a little bit. I haven't, I haven't drive. I haven't driven behind the wheel in the UK since. This was a few no, years on, ago. It's, it's easy. It, I mean, <laughs> the roads are, you know, the roads are very quiet and straightforward. There aren't many of them. So you'll be fine. Hopefully no like circles with multiple lanes. That's where um, I excel in causing. No, there's, nothing, there's nothing like that, but, <laughs> but watch out for the narrow, watch out for some of the narrow lanes and make sure you stick to the left okay. when you meet a car coming the other way. <laughs> that could be interesting. Anyway, yeah. let's hope you don't do that. You'll be, yeah, you'll be, fine. you'll be fine. It's, it's all good as they say. <laughs> anyway josh thanks for that as a interesting discussion as ever yes. um yeah. and if you have liked this episode then please do uh well give us a rating because ratings really help um yeah. because you know we're doing this so more people can listen to our musings and <laughs> rubbish that we talk about and we get so much feedback i mean every week yeah. i get multiple you know messages from people thanking you know thanking us for the content yeah the me too and like so uh and i always try to tell people you know please you know leave leave a rating and a lot of folks i know they're busy but if you can just go in give us five stars yeah. that'd be great G give us a rating give us a comment and you know sh just share a link on your social media talking about social media what better discussion to share a link for um so if you, you know, seriously share it on facebook or twitter or instagram or whatever oh, i don't think instagram do links very well do they but um which is a which is another yeah anyway let's not get onto that one um yeah so it's so share it on your social media platforms um because you know it's the more people that it start to uh, start following and listening you know the more of this sort of stuff we can do so uh, you know which is actually really enjoyable because you know josh and i enjoy doing this that's why we do it yeah um so uh, it's and, and i hope that uh, you know you found 
found it informative and entertaining. And as I said, if you've got any subjects that you want us to talk about, then drop us a you know drop us a message on our uh, Instagram accounts, the links for which will be in the show notes, uh, and we'll put it on the list. Uh, well, assuming it's an interesting topic, of course, <laughs> I'm sure it will be with our you know with our, with our intelligent and knowledgeable listeners. <laughs> Anyway, Josh, have a great time in Shetland. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. You will. It'll be immense. And I hope the weather holds for you because it was great yeah, when I was too. there. So I've got my fingers I'm, crossed for you. I'm bringing some Dramamine to the, <laughs> the boat ride. Oh, you, you won't need it. It'll be, it'll be smooth as you like. Smooth <laughs> as you like. There's, there's never any wind or swelling. Uh, Shetland, add, to the, uh, add some chum for the uh, seabirds. So, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, Josh, enjoy that. And hopefully I'll catch up with you. On your way home at Heathrow Airport. Sounds um, good. Looking uh, forward know, to in, it. A, in a few weeks' time. So, yeah, enjoy Shetland. Um, and uh, well, we'll we're going to try and record another episode before you go, because we've got a guest that I've been trying to get on for a while. Um, and uh, you know what diaries are like, and schedules, and this, that, and the other. It's been quite difficult to to marry everything up. Uh, but we've managed to do that next week so we'll probably record one before josh leaves and i'll put that out you know in a, in a few weeks time but uh no that that'll be a good one that'll be a really good one really good guest and a really interesting topic so uh, anyway josh thank you very much enjoy shetland um and, Appreciate uh, it, yeah thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you all or well you won't thanks. see us but uh, you'll hear us all in the next one <laughs> thanks, thanks very much cheers You have been listening to the Wildlife Photography Podcast. If you have enjoyed the content, then please help us to spread the word by sharing a link on your social media platforms, giving us a like, and leaving us a comment. See you all again next time.